Happy New Year from our sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and is here to help you have clean balls in the new year. Ring in the new year with the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LGB at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. And use the code LGB. New year, new balls. Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. Let's have a doink, bro. Eric Brewer was so bad. <laughs> Are we like Go-Go Corp? Are we suspended? I, I reciprocated the dickness. Selfish, Selfish hockey. hockey. That's right. Selfish hockey. What did I tell you about stick tape? You don't need it! No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Phil, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Remember last week when I said happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year, let's get the hell out of 2020? Well, we're out of 2020, but apparently other things have to happen before things calm down a bit. So let's revisit this conversation later this month, shall we? <laughs> You're that upset about Mike Hoffman signing with the Blues. I am. I am. God. Look, welcome to Season 9, Episode 17 of Let's Go Blues Radio, where the often imitated but never duplicated were the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you by Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with promo code LGB. Your balls will thank you. Uh, we're broadcasting live on Wednesday, January 6, 2021. This is franchise episode number 283 all time. Your hosts tonight are yours truly, Kurt Price, Bill Day, and Jeff Ponder. And for your listening pleasure, for the next little while, we'll be talking St. Louis Blues hockey. To interact with the show on social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, our information is on the website, letsgoblues.com. We are dual live streaming right now on YouTube and Facebook. So thank you for joining us. Um, if you haven't already subscribed to the show, uh, please do. We appreciate it. Um, and like I said, the website is letsgoblues.com where you can listen to or watch past episodes of the show, browse the fan discussion forum, as well as get some cool St. Louis Blues themed t-shirts and stickers uh, that help support the show. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, what a last couple days, huh? A lot of stuff going on everywhere, mm-hmm. hockey world included. So uh, we have some stuff to talk about. We do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We do. I mean, if you don't think we do, I mean... Bill and I can just take it if you want to just like hang out. Yeah, I'll yeah. just drink beer and hang out. You guys talk about whatever the hell's going on. I have no idea. Okay. All right. And do what I usually do. Just listen. <laughs> it is it, it is it's a great life skill except when podcasting. Uh, yeah, yeah, especially when you're a host. Yeah. <laughs> so. yeah. Hey, yo. you, you guys may have to remind me of that sometimes. I got a uh, late Christmas present for myself, and I thought I'd share on the show. I loved those uh, Kings jerseys so much, the retro reverse jersey. I How much ordered. did you love them? I actually ordered one. Wow. Nice. Yeah. I I don't like any current Kings. I'm sure Blues fans won't like this, so... I wanted to get a name on it because I thought, why not? And it's going to piss me off. He'll probably get traded right before the season started. I, I did go ahead and just get quick on the back. Mm. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, B- Bill has the Steen jersey. You've got the quick jersey. Oh, you will have. There you go. 
and uh, you guys can, can reenact to the uh, the double overtime. Uh, I've got uh, my Mylock pads in the garage, Bill. We could do that sometime. Mylock pads. Mm-hmm, Are sure. they the 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 white ones? The white with the, no, with the foam in the back? The, like the dark, uh, oh. dark black with uh, oh. green foam. Okay, I, I was going to ask if they were the. I, I, I was thinking. Um, uh, Mylock had the rectangular ones. My brother had the, and, and my cousin Jeff had the Cooper uh, air-filled, uh, uh, almost right. uh, uh, ice hockey-looking pads. Right. They looked, they were semi-authentic looking. Yes. But they were still, I mean, they were great, great oh. for for the purposes that, you know, they plastic, they slid well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. But, those yeah, are, those, man, the Mylock I... ones were mm, too boxy. I remember when I, I yeah I remember when we went to Johnny Max in South County, a long time ago, and my brother was looking at buying some uh, street hockey pads, and we went there with the intention of probably buying some I like ones, and then we saw the Cooper ones, and I was like, dude, these are more money, but these are better. <laughs> these are so much better, and uh, they, I mean, they, he, I mean, he goes, you're right, and we used to use them forever. They're great, great for street. And if, the, the puck, uh, the puck shot off those things <laughs> when you made a save. Mm-hmm. It had like a spring action to it, kind of like because they're air filled. That was pretty cool. The rebounds were uh, were uh, never laying in the crease. Really, pad saves. If Johnny yeah. Max would like to retroactively sponsor Let's Go Blues Radio, mm-hmm. contact us at radio <laughs> <laughs> uh, Official beers of episode number two eighty three. You can follow each of us on the Untapped app. My handle is at CPrice12. Jeff's is JPonder94. Bill's is BillyBlueNote33. Jeff, uh, Bill, what you guys got? Jeff, you go first this week. Ooh. Change sure. order. I like uh, it. Well, it's actually, anarchy. I'm going to – oh, good Lord. Uh, there's the theme of the show right there. <laughs> um, we uh, actually have uh, a comment that I want to read to start here because it involves uh, beer of the episode. Cameron Smith, who joined us last week, I uh, hope you and your uh, wife or fiance, I can't remember if it was wife or fiance, are doing well. Uh, he was the one that told about the, the girlfriend the cancer. Yeah, she oh. had, She was the one that, yeah. Anyway, hey guys, good to hear from you again. Wore my blues jersey and got some crazy looks and a few cheers up here in Minnesota. Drinking a Dogfish Head Super 8 Super Goose this evening, which was developed in conjunction with Eastman Kodak to be used to develop black and white photo film. So that's uh, that's interesting, interesting stuff. Wait, there was a beer that was developed to help with film? Developed in conjunction with Eastman Kodak to be used to develop black and white photo film. Huh. Interesting. I would like to hear a backstory on that. Yeah. You got a you got a link there, Bob? <laughs> that's that sounds. I mean, did they like use beer to help develop the film? <laughs> that's uh, kind of cool. I don't know. I guess you cook with beer. You can, I don't know, whatever. Maybe it develops film too. Uh, it's a chemical process. Yeah, sure. Why not? Yeah. I'll buy it. Drink it. Sure. You can drink Kodak, I'm sure. I don't know. I don't know how it works. Uh, so my beer of the episode is the, uh, well, let me grab the bottle first. Uh, one I've had many times, the old arena ah, lager. Nice. Now in bottles, by the way, you can get them at Fryer Tuck and, of course, over at Center Ice Brewery in Midtown. But I also want to point out that uh, I did receive this beautiful glass uh, when I went in for um, Nash Year's Eve, which was their New Year's beer that they released. Oh, look at that! Hey, we're Twinkies. We are Twinkies. Because I love it. The the kind that come two in a pack. 
not the single mm-hmm. ones. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. these are, uh, that, but anyway, um, and that was a great beer, by the way. I, I had actually never had their Nash Year's Eve before. Have you guys? No, it's a champagne-based mm-hmm. uh, beer, right? It's a champagne-based beer, and it was really good. It, they literally brewed it and pulled it out of the barrel that morning, and oh, man, it was phenomenal. So good. Uh, so if you haven't had the Nash Year's Eve, they got barrels of it there now. Go over to Center Ice and uh, pick, your ups, pick yourself up a growler or have one inside, uh, which I think they have like... 25% capacity, whatever it is in downtown St. Louis. Okay. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. No. I yep. was, uh, I, I was sad that uh, I couldn't get over there and, uh, you know, get any, uh, from, from center ice on new year's Eve. Unfortunately work, uh, went really crazy. Um, so didn't have a chance, but I have had Nash year's Eve, um, when they've had it on tap in previous years, back when I used to go there after work and hang out, um, when I still had colleagues who liked to do that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, no, it was, it was good. Sad I missed you. Um, hopefully soon enough, we'll be able to get over there. But my beer of tonight's episode is Old Chubb. Scotch Ale by Oscar Blues. My goal nowadays is to make Kurt question the names of my beers. Yeah, I, I... and we've, we've already had a Dogfish Head reference on, on the show tonight. I, but... I I can't I can't drink Dogfish Head beer. It just sounds gross. Yeah, yeah. Old Chub. Old Chub. That sounds gross too. <laughs> I, uh, I'm sure it's good I'm though. Strangely, I'm strangely aroused right now. I don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> No, uh, Julie's brother used to be a server at, uh, well, still a server at, at St. Louis area restaurants, but at one in particular, they had old Chubb on tap and he would push the beer and ask, you want a little old Chubb in you? Oh, <laughs> nice. Yeah. I already uh, like that he, guy. He came on the show. Yeah, he changes, like yeah, changes jobs frequently. So just... <laughs> Is it because of what he says? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> probably. Is it offensive? Probably. <laughs> uh, nice. Slightly, slightly offensive. But yes, uh, it's an Oscar Blues Scotch Ale. Um, I feel uh, conflicted because I am drinking out of the Founders mug, the the milk jug Founders mug. Mm. And, uh, you know, Founders Dirty Bastards, one of my all-time favorite beers and a great Scotch Ale. But Old Chubb is surprisingly good doing it for you doing it for me goes down easy i think i think old old chubb was my dad's nickname in college (laughs) (laughs) all right then uh so uh mine uh, is not nearly as funny or as interesting but um i did have the (laughs) i did have the center ice glass center ice brewery glass that i'm quite proud of that i got for christmas Uh, amy got that for me um but uh I, I was gonna go. I, I, I was gonna do, do like a themed beer, but I didn't have any uh, comrade stout from uh, from uh, Recess Brewery in, in Edwardsville, so I, I didn't go that route. But uh, I have the uh, I do have this, Oof. which uh, the O'Fallon Dad's uh, Cookie Oatmeal co- or, or, uh, Original Oatmeal Stout uh, from a uh, uh, Dad's Original Oatmeal Stout from O'Fallon Brewery in Missouri. Um, part of the uh, the uh, Cookie pack that uh that they put out um that i this is well i'll clarify this particular beer this specific one did not come to, from the 
pack. I don't have that, but they do offer it in a pack of of cookie like beers. I think it's cookie beers, right? That they put out. I believe. Yeah. yeah. Kind of not unlike uh, what Forehands did with their uh, their uh, Girl Scout cookie offerings. So it's mm. good. I like it. I did. Uh, uh, by the way, I did get some more Bourbon County tonight. Uh, yeah, uh, Ten dollars a schnooks. There we got it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. I got some more schnooks. I'm. Uh, I, I wanted to have it for the show, but it just it wasn't chilled enough yet. So I, I just literally yeah. bought it tonight. So next week, yeah. um, Total Wine and Fairviews had uh, actually had the uh, the Earl Grey variant uh, on sale. Well, not on sale, but on offer still tonight. So anybody's looking for that, I haven't tried that yet. Uh, I had probably it. try it this weekend. If it's any good, I'll probably go pick pick that up. I had it. It is. They it was, still had a bunch of them. It was so. good. It was good. I, I think the some of the beer aficionado or snobs uh, groups that you, they, they don't they didn't like it. Uh, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. I um, had a flight uh, all different kinds uh, at uh, Global Brew the day after Black Friday. I think it was mm-hmm. um, when Amy and I went there. Yeah. So um, yeah, yeah. I had the uh, number four. Had the uh, the Earl Grey and the uh, a few others. So it was, it was yeah. a good time. Yeah, number, I, four was uh, my, the, number four was my favorite. I, I, what was yeah. that? Number four is the uh, what's it called? Uh, Coffee. It's uh, yeah. It was uh, special number four. Yeah. Um, had the um, it was the co- the this year's coffee variant. Um, coffee in um, maple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was good. Yeah, yeah. I like you. Yeah, it was. I saw you had it. It's yeah. It's my favorite uh, favorite variant uh, that I've had in a few years. Actually, you know, I, I know you last... had it. I know. I know you had it because I follow you on Untapped. And and that is a wise move because I I, <laughs> I I have been using it very frequently. I have noticed. Lately. Yeah, I have not. Uh, and Bill, I I uh, actually follow you in real life. So literally, he's outside your house it. right now. Yeah. I've well, not noticed. right now. I mean, come on, Kurt. You crazy? I'm I'm in my studio. I'm in Ponder your, Studio. Your portable studio. But earlier tonight, yes, I was sitting <laughs> right outside that window there in Bill's background. Yeah, and we have video footage of that. <laughs> That's why and, uh, JP plumbing ran his truck outside my house. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, all right. Uh, today in Blues History, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account, January 6th, 2015. Uh, David Backus became the second St. Louis Blues player to have multiple four-goal games, and Brian Elliott recorded a shutout in the Blues' 5 to nothing win over the Arizona Coyotes. I do not remember this game, but you it's funny because I remember I remember David Bagus's first four goal game hmm. against uh, Detroit, wasn't it? Yeah, that was a huge blow. Oh yeah, the 10, 11 to one, yeah, ten to three, eleven to two, or yeah, whatever it was. Something crazy. Yeah. Um. Yeah, the Brian Elliott shutout doesn't happen. It doesn't uh, doesn't uh, ring any bells just because he had so many of them. How do you go? He did. <laughs> Franchise leader in shutouts. Uh, January 6th, 1994, Curtis Joseph became the second goalie to win 100 games for the St. Louis Blues in a 2-1 win versus the Hartford Whalers. The game was played at a neutral site in Cleveland as part of the NHL's Breakaway Series, which I do not recall the Breakaway Series at all. That was my favorite uh, era in Blues hockey, too. I just talked about that the other day. Um, And I don't recall the Breakaway Series. Odd. First goalie to 100 wins. Bill, who is it? Liu. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Of course. I was 
I was going to say uh, uh, Pat Jablonski, but okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. did, did he even get like? Did he even get like ten wins? Probably not. I don't think he even got ten wins. He was subjected yesterday's today in Blues history. Uh, he was called up for a game against uh, uh, Dinamo Riga. Uh, yes, I saw that. Eighty nine. Yep. And uh, shut yeah, him out. That, that was interesting. Played well. Shut him out. But, uh, yeah. I yeah. have that leave on my YouTube channel. I would like to watch that game. Yeah, you uh, check it out. The Blues. He was five, twelve, and three in the regular season. Okay. So he lost, five he, he lost what, 10 games. Because of the great Blues history of goaltending, he's actually number four all time in Blues goaltending wins. <laughs> That's yeah. not true. <laughs> uh, but the at SDL Blues history Twitter account has the uh, lineups uh, for uh, an image of the lineups posted on his uh, Twitter account for this, uh, this date in Blues history. So uh, it's fun to go look back and see the names. You got Rivnak, uh, Jim Rivnak and goal. Yeah. Chris Joseph, Rick Zombo, Bart Butcher, Housley, Jim Montgomery, who coaches the Blues now, uh, assistant coach. Um, Karamnov, uh, one of the Russians. Uh, Kevin Miller, uh, former number 12 at one point, I believe. Uh, Craig Gianni, Brett Hall, Basil McCray, Shanahan, Tom Tilly, Jeff Brown, Ron Sutter, Prokhorov, another one of the Russians that failed here. Bobby Basson, Doug Crossman, Murray Barron, Bozon, Kor- Korolev, uh, the best of the three Russians. Uh, Chase, Lafayette, and Hedekin. It's a good roster. Yeah. Yeah, and looking at the, uh, yeah, I think we're going to go to the same place there. Go ahead. Yeah, so going over to the Whalers side of the ledger, um, there's a certain number 44 down at the bottom of that yep. list. Yep. Yeah, there is. Or a, before a DWI, I guess. Um, <laughs> he fell out of favor in Hartford. Yeah. But uh, other other names on this list. Frank Peter Angelo, mm-hmm. who uh, yes, it is, is the Peter uncle Angelo. of Alex right. Petrangelo. <laughs> who? Uncle of Alex Petrangelo, but they pronounce it totally different. Right. Uh, for reasons they have their own of. Uh, so, Zarly Zalapsky is on the Whalers ra- roster. The, 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 the best. That was the name I was going to bring up. Yeah. Was Zarly. <laughs> yeah. Him and Anti Alto are probably my favorite names of all time. Because Anti Alto, who by the way, Alto is spelled with two A's, he will always be at the top of the NHL player list of all time. And Zarly Zalapsky will be at the bottom. <laughs> uh, I used, I actually used Zarly Zalapsky's name in a work presentation. I had to put together a work uh, video presentation, and and part of the presentation was uh, a letter that was crafted uh, to IT. And I signed it, Zolly Zalapsky. It is nice. a fictional, fictional thing, but yeah. So it was, and uh, the the uh, there was uh, there are a few hockey fans in the room, and, and they got a chuckle when they saw that. So that was that was kind of cool. I my mom was not a hockey fan growing up. Uh, we she always said my dad, my brother, and I always drove it into the ground. So she was not a fan. So one day I uh, she was waking me up for school, and I told her I didn't want to go, and she was like, "Well, why not?" I'm like, "Mom, I." I just I think I've come down with something. I, I think I've got Darius Casparitis. <laughs> like, oh no, that sounds awful. I, I've probably told this on the show before. So she told she called my dad at work and told him, and she she's like, she I know she probably butchered his name, but he goes, I'm pretty sure that's a Penguins defenseman. Send him. 
<laughs> my uh, uh, my grade school when I moved to uh, Smithton, uh, I moved there when I was in sixth grade, and uh, the kindergarten teacher, our first grade teacher, one of them, uh, her name was uh, her last name was Andriatis, so that was always a, uh, a, a yeah a disease a joke, right? So. So the good stuff uh, at SJ Blues History. So check that out. Uh, January 6th, 1972. Uh, today is the anniversary of the brawl in Philly where the Blues players went into the stands and fought the Philly fans. Uh, the Blues were trailing 2 nothing. Uh, they were upset with the officiating. And head coach Al Arbor at the end of the second period went on the ice to confront the officials at the Zamboni entrance. Uh, Flyers fan proceeded to then dump a beer on Al Arbor's head, which infuriated the Plager brothers. And uh, Bobby went and, and Barkley went in the stands to go after the guy who did it. And the Blues go, and the delayed, game was delayed for 45 minutes. And the uh, uh, Blues came out and scored three goals in the third period to beat Philadelphia 4, 3 2. Um, after that game, the Blues failed to win in Philadelphia until, and we talked about this last week, uh, which is yeah. kind of funny. Uh, how we didn't know how exactly how long the streak was. Well, it says right here. Uh, that was the la- the Blues after that game. The Blues did not win in Philadelphia for a span of 34 games. So from 72 to 88, they didn't win in Philadelphia. 34 games. Um, Al Arbor, John Arbor, Phil Roberto, and Floyd Thompson were arrested and spent spent the night in jail, and released the following morning uh, after the charges were dropped. That game is the reason Philadelphia installed canopies to cover players going to and from the ice. And uh, that game also uh, is the reason, part of the reason, uh, why the Flyers drafted and uh, acquired players to get tougher and bigger and stronger and eventually become the Broad Street Bullies because they got bullied and pushed around by the Blues. So um, that's uh, it's interesting uh, how, that, how that worked out, um, but how the Blues kind of caused the Broad Street Bullies to happen in a way. So uh, here and, and year they they drafted Reg Dunlop with their first pick. <laughs> the uh, right. I think so. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, they brought their toys too, didn't they? When they drafted. Um, <laughs> brought their fucking toys. Brought their fucking toys. Uh, and he also included at STL Blues, STL Blues history included the um, Philadelphia version, uh, a description of the brawl. Uh, it was some bias there. Uh, it's a video with a really young Mike Emmerich. Do you guys see this? It's cool. Really young Mike Emmerich doing like, he's like doing in-studio commentary at the time. Uh, and uh, Flyers broadcaster Gene Hart, uh, they talked about the brawl and they kind of talked, and there was some bias there uh, being Philly people, but uh, it was, check it out at STL Blues History and you can see the video of it. Um, it's good stuff. Uh, something I wanted to add uh, in, in just in terms of video and, and not to, if you guys want to keep talking about that, I, I apologize, but just want to add uh, STL Blues History had another really good, tweet uh yesterday john january fifth the john candy yes. and john hughes yeah. interview oh, that, that was, was i thought God, that so, was so he posted here's here's the text he put with the video john candy and director john hughes interviewed in between periods during a blues game while they were in st louis filming for planes trains and automobiles both johns passed away way too early so yeah it's an yeah. interview during a blues intermission with john candy and john hughes and my favorite part was they uh they asked John Candy, you know, he's Canadian, big, big uh, hockey fan. And they asked him, uh, so, you know, how come you haven't done a hockey movie yet? And his response was, <laughs> he, was uh, he was just beat out by Rob Lowe for uh, Youngblood. He wanted to be Youngblood. <laughs> he said he trained six months for it and everything. <laughs> and, uh, and they kind of ripped on the movie, too. 
because they're like, oh, right. you, you probably could have saved that movie. And he's like, oh, I don't know about that. It's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a bad movie, but as far as uh, if you're a, if you're a hockey player, it's just kind of one of those movies. It's like, yeah, you like it. You like it just because it's, it's a, it's, there weren't many hockey movies back then. There's no. still, there's still not. So, I mean, well, I think it's really funny too, because John Candy is clearly dressed like Del Griffith from Planes, Trains and all. He's got the mustache. <laughs> Cause yeah, he said they were, they were filming the scenes in St. Louis. So yeah. it was really funny to, to see him dressed as Jet Del Griffith and, being at a blues game was it was really cool and uh the scenes that were in the movie were filmed at lambert i think that's i think that's the only part yeah. of the movie that was in st louis uh great scene uh with yeah. steve martin walking back to the to the terminal uh, after he he goes to drop off it to pick up to pick up fucking face <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so good you have it? no <laughs> well, <you're fucked. laughs> such a good scene if you haven't the seen great, Planes, Trains, McClurg, I don't... Right? what? There's the great Edie McClurg, who was yeah, also Poole. the, yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Poole. Poole, yeah, and the uh, secretary from Ferris Bueller. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, if you haven't seen that movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, uh, my God, it's a classic uh, holiday movie uh, based around, uh, is it Thanksgiving or Christmas? Thanksgiving? Yeah, he's trying to get home for yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Over Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's it's something my wife and I every Wednesday before Thanksgiving we we sit down and watch it every I, year. It's just yeah. so much fun. I love it. Same thing. I, I watch it every year too. And uh, this year we watched it while we were making a uh, Thanksgiving dinner uh, for my my kids. Uh, Amy was over and we're kind of just cooking a turkey and just cooking and just had the TV on in the kitchen and watched uh, watched uh, planes, trains, and automobiles. It was a good time. Good movie. Actually. Active uh, uh, chat here in Facebook, uh, more so than YouTube, which is odd. That's yeah. uh, not the case. Uh, so when the show's over, guys, um, Cameron Smith did send a link uh, to a YouTube video that's explaining that Super 8, uh, the beer that's filmed with the Kodak film that we talked about earlier. Okay. Yeah. Video about it. So um, he's, he put the link in there. So check that out for the show. Uh, and then also... Mary Ponder says, hi, Jeff. Hello, mom. <laughs> Stop using the F word so much. <laughs> uh, YouTube chat. Uh, a little bit of conversation going on in there. Uh, Bill, Day, Bill Day with a strong Cosby sweater going on. Not really. It's a sweater. <laughs> Cosby sweater. It's a sweater. Is, like, Cos, right. Cosby sweater it's is allowed. It, right. it's, you know it's a it's, it, it, it's a sweater. I wore it tonight to to prove that I'm not doing this in front of a green screen. Uh, I know that's what you all think. She would disappear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Just be a talking head. No, ah. it, right. is, you know what that sweater reminds me of? It reminds me of the good boy sweater that everybody talks about from uh, Rise of Skywalker that uh, Kylo Ren wears at the end. That reminds me of the good boy sweater. If you've seen mm. that movie, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I I didn't think I didn't put that connection together. <laughs> uh jimmy anderson also uh says uh, john kenny and hughes are legends some of the most iconic ever agreed r.i.p uh home alone nash lampoon's vacation including uh, christmas for us bueller's good stuff bueller a uh, aka kiss me polka <laughs> the kenosha kickers <laughs> yeah. it's so good so good <laughs> yeah, i've been on a john hughes kick lately 
Um, I've been uh, listening to the uh, the audiobook of Ready Player Two, and like one of the I don't know if you're familiar with the franchise, but there some really you know great uh, video game ideas centered around the John Hughes universe of films, and so I've I've been watching more and more. It, every every one of them is great and absolutely absolutely correct uh, everybody that's pointed out that uh, both john candy and john hughes died way too early mm-hmm. um brad uh, warthog says uh kurt when you're gonna grow out this stash like the rest of the gang um probably because i just can't grow one and, so he's uh, been trying for the last 12 oh yeah. years. Yeah, I haven't shaved in six months. So it's, <laughs> this is what you get. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm not a hairy guy. Um, so <laughs> Manscaped takes care of what it needs to take care of, and that's all I need. So <laughs> anyway, uh, rapid fire hockey tidbits. Uh, Team USA wins gold and defeats heavily favored Team Canada 2 nothing to win the World Junior Championship. Um, can anything uh, more be said about uh, Team USA goalie Spencer Knight? Uh, drafted 2019, 13th overall by the Florida Panthers. Uh, he was amazing. And what I thought was great about him in this game, what I noticed, is that uh, he just uh, he was tracking the puck extremely well. Just seemed to be just on it. Uh, it didn't have to make uh, any like flailing, huge, crazy saves. He was just like sliding, tracking uh, on it. Um, what they hit the post once, um, and uh, another one was a redirect, kind of a deflected off of a shin in front and just grazed off the outside of the bottom of the net. Um, he was he was on it. I, I, and yep. he was he was just good. I, he was he was he was a huge reason why. USA won, and not, that's not to discredit this the team. I think USA outplayed Canada. They did Just start to start to finish. They outplayed them and, handily. I thought. And I want to get Bill's take on on Spencer Knight because obviously he knows more than Kurt and I do about goaltending. But um, I just want to add uh, to to Kurt's comment about Spencer Knight. What I noticed in watching that game was he just he never seemed rattled. And I know that this is kind of a big comparison, but when you think about it, for junior players. This is their game seven of the Stanley Cup final. And it reminded me of game seven of the Stanley Cup final by Jordan Biddington. He just never seemed to let the pressure get the best of him. And that was what happened with Spencer Knight. He was just, he was on his game all night, no matter how bad the pressure got. Even when the Team USA went up 2 nothing, which we all know is the worst lead in hockey, uh, it, it never phased him. He never went off his game. He was still covering the puck still tracking every angle uh just everything about that that performance last night is what you want to see in a goalie you drafted 13th overall so i'm sure florida i'm sure these seven florida panthers fans are very excited about the nights <laughs> sorry panthers fans <laughs> uh yeah, is what it is speak the truth uh no, my uh, my take on Spencer Knight was you know very similar to your guys. I I thought he was positionally perfect. There were a couple of opportunities that you knew there was no way that he saw the shot come in, but it hit him. Um, thinking of one um, in the third period when Canada had just applied pressure, um, really starting to build their pressure. 
and uh, there's a shot from the point and completely, uh, you know, his eyes were taken away from him and it just hit him on the, the lower right uh, part of his uh, right pad and, you know, went back out in the slot and, you know, the U.S. got a clear. Um, a couple of other plays like that where he was just just in the right place and, you know, he wasn't, you know, he was calm. Um, you know, like Kurt said, he tracked the puck when, when he had eyes, he, he tracked the puck and, you know, he, he very efficient in his movement was never out of place and he didn't try to, you know, really stretch into soft points of his game. You know, he, he never got to the point where he was trying to, you know, overplay the puck and, you know, he just, he would just knock it to the corner and let his boys go get it. And, you know, that I, I was very impressed, especially, you know, after uh, you know, he had uh, quite a quite a terrible game against well, it was Finland, wasn't it? Um, yeah, just not, not the best game. And uh, I mean, he bounced back and, you know, that that we talked about it before the show that um, the comparison to Bennington and, you know, he had he had a bad outing and uh, he bounced back and he was definitely the difference in this game um but i will say overall i think team usa was the first team that actually made canada um you know up their pace and it took canada half the game to get there 100 percent. i thought that usa really pushed the pace of that game especially after they got that first goal they just started dominating play they moved the puck quicker than canada was and I'm going to mow Kurt's lawn here. Uh, he, he has a, a point that I know he wanted to make about uh, Canada was supposed to win this game. I mean, it was oh, uh, yeah. so many of the U.S. players, like I think the top three U.S. centers uh, that were eligible for this game are on NHL rosters. So they were playing without what was supposed to be many of their best players. And they went in there and they won this game 2-0. And again, it, it wasn't just because of Spencer Knight's performance. They pushed the pace in this game and they just, they wanted to win. And, and I'm not saying Canada didn't. You know, Canada, you know, had a great, great, great uh, tournament. But U.S. just, they were dominant in this game. They, I think they were just hungrier and they pushed the pace more than I've seen a team do in a, uh, in a gold medal game in the uh, World Juniors. The uh, this was supposed to be the best team Canada, World Junior Team Canada team since '09. Uh, people are mm-hmm. saying so. That was it was. I mean, they were they were they were the shit, and they were dominating. They had a lot of five on five goal all tournament uh, up until the first uh, Team USA goal in the final. So, uh, the, the, the Team USA played well. They deserved to win. Uh, nobody's saying it wasn't a situation where. Uh, you know, Knight stole the game and Canada dominated and uh, he had a crazy amount of saves and USA scored two goals on 12 shots or something stupid like that. No, it was, it was the, the team USA played well. They, they, they won the game. They earned the game. They deserved to win the game. Um, and uh, like you guys said, uh, uh, the, the tempo that was, was uh, something that team Canada wasn't used to in the, in the tournament so far. And uh, it took them a long time to uh, adjust. And uh, I don't even think they ever really did, to be honest. I mean, uh, Team USA had the edge in every period. So I was uh, that was a fun game to watch. Um, had a lot of stuff going on last night. You know, had the, the uh, election on in the background on the TV and had the hockey game on my computer. Um, 
So I uh, tried out the uh, Fubo um, uh, free trial. You, Bill, and I did. So that was uh, yeah. That was a, that was a good. It was really good quality, easy to use. It was, you know, I, I liked it. I would. I'm not going to pay for it because it's <laughs> it's expensive. Right. It, it's it's ridiculously expensive. Yeah. I've uh, I've been using YouTube TV, um, and I'm completely frustrated with the the quality of sports streaming. Um, I to the point that now anytime like if I'm going to watch a Premier League game, I go to the NBC Sports app to put it on because the quality coming through YouTube's awful. Fubo, the one thing about them is they actually do 4K sports streaming. Uh, if if you have the right you know the right app and the right streaming device, um, or if your TV you know has a, a built-in Fubo app, um, it, it'd be amazing. But you know for me, uh, price points a little much. Yeah. Um, thinking I'm thinking I'm probably going to be switching back to uh, back to Spectrum, but just do streaming with them instead of having to buy all the equipment. Um, yeah. so I watch, watch blues games because, you know, it's, it's not going to be available anywhere. You know, do, anywhere do, do you get uh DVR with the streaming? Uh, I don't, well, I, I don't cause I, I have the spectrum app, right. That comes with mm -hmm. my service. Um, do they offer a yeah. separate, is it do, okay? So the streaming with spectrum that you would get, I haven't researched it. Uh, if mm -hmm. you just buy the streaming, is it different than the streaming that I get? Cause I have their hardware too. Uh, I, I have the, the signal. I, I don't know that that's I haven't because, done enough research into it. Okay. But. Because if it if it's the same, I can tell you that uh, I I use it. You've seen the TV in my kitchen. I use it there. I use it in my office here. You've seen this one. Um, yeah. And I, I'll use it on the I use it on the, my the big TV in the family room down the hall too because the Wi-Fi receiver on the TV went out a couple of years ago and I bought a nice Roku for it. So I use the Spectrum app to watch the TV there. Um, so that's uh, that's. It, you also watch it on your um, in in your study and in your library. <laughs> I and, I, have, I do have a TV above my bathtub, too, or not above it, but you know on the wall in front of it. So I got a TV in every room in the house. TVs, uh, I think I do. Do I? I do. <laughs> I I do not, but I do have three in my basement, which is kind of crazy. Okay, I have I have three as well. I have the the main one office, and the kids have one in the toy room down the hall. I over here for gaming i got one uh right uh the other side of my camera for well like watching the world juniors like i did today just for watching when i'm working and then i got one in my workout room too so yes i i can kind of relate i, I do have three in my basement uh slotting schrodinger's covid on twitter bill says old chub is good shit nitro or co2 um mine's can it, yeah, it's either. straight can yeah okay. it's uh that's chris from uh formerly of teal town oh that, see i didn't look at the uh, handle i'll be damned oh. it is there you go what up, chris i think i knew that now that you say that i think i knew that what up chris yeah, yeah. Ooh, shit, uh, fellow, fellow beer aficionado chris yes he is so miss that guy he's the dude he's my favorite teal town guy i hate everybody else there <laughs> <laughs> uh here's my least favorite so i guess that evens out now well, there you go it evens out <laughs> he's bill's even favorite then right bill just liked him just the same everybody else yeah, yeah. A, i uh, mean for variety i mean it's hard not to like eric given that he's a you know wheel of fortune alum so a wheel of fortune alum yeah he's been on wheel of fortune how did i not know that he's been i don't fortune. know 
has that been know. talked about on the show? He's yeah, tweeted he, about it. Okay. He's been with the fortune. He replaced yeah. Vanna White for an episode. You don't remember hearing about that? <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. For, for yeah. A really dress and he wasn't, yeah, it was kind of, yeah, wasn't quite sexy enough to turn the letters the way that, you know, Vanna does. Huh? I would, I'm sh- I'll have to ask him about that because I was, I'd be curious to see how that went. I don't know. Uh, NHL TV uh, price has been set. It's a hundred bucks for the shortened season. Uh, 10% off if you use a discover card or 25% off with a student discount. So, um, you know, I mean, people are complaining about not being able to see blues games because Fox sports Midwest is not on a lot of providers, uh, streaming providers, uh, and not on dish network. So I think the only options are spectrum, what AT&T, uh, that's it. Right. Right. So, um, so I, I, satellite service, I think has it too, but Clyde's satellite service. I don't know. There, there were some really <laughs> weird, I know weird there was donate places <laughs> there that, was. that were apparently available yeah. in yeah, our some, area. Some guy out of Highland, uh, got a contract. Um, <laughs> Uh, to, to me, honestly, uh, NHL.TV plus a VPN is the way to go. You can watch every single game uh, if you want. If it's for Blues hockey, you know, I, don't don't switch providers. Don't uh, uh, don't change to. I mean, you can if you want, but um, uh, if you're just doing it for hockey, eh? I mean, maybe go NHL TV and a VPN. That's 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 a. I I will say for for anybody who's who remembers the old what was the old one called before they switched it to NHL TV it was called NHL Center Ice was it Center Ice or was that the I thought Center Ice that was, was the one, one through yeah that was through uh, satellite direct, package Direct yeah. TV yeah Game Center um, Game Center, yeah. game oh, center. Game right, center. Right, right Game Center right, right. yeah yeah so NHL Game Center was awful I mean it would just stop streaming halfway through would have to rebuffer since the MLB was it the MLB media yeah, the merger, right. they, whatever. The same, yeah. same. They tech, yeah. say switch to them. It has been so much better. So if you haven't checked out NHL TV and you can afford it, um, and hey, you know what? Student discount. You got a kid. There you go. You got your student <laughs> discount. Put you that know? kid to good use. Seventy five bucks. I was gonna say. I mean, I put I put my son to use as much as I can. Oh, you offer a student discount? Well, here's my son's schedule. Yeah. Well, that take advantage of that. Some people are going to switch providers just to get hockey games. Some are not a ton, I wouldn't imagine, but some are. Um, and you know, I mean, this is this is an option. So I mean, and like I said, oh, they don't. You can't watch local games in St. Louis. I mean, that's what the VPN's for. So it's a it provides anonymity online, so can't be tracked. I, and that's not illegal. VPNs aren't illegal. They're they're perfectly legal. Um, I don't th- I don't know. I'm not sure if. Uh, uh, Using a VPN in that way is the most legal method, but uh, it is what it is. Probably not, but you know, whatever. I, you know, I mean, but I, whatever. <laughs> um, or use someone else's credit card information halfway across the country if you know somebody. Uh, that doesn't work. It's IP address. Oh, right? I, I would be careful saying that. Good Lord. It's, it's, <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, someone you know that's okay with it. I'm not saying steal some information. Good Lord. <laughs> I'm saying like a relative who lives like in California, but I don't think it. I don't think it works that way anyway. I think it's based on your connection IP address. Yes, yes, it's yeah. gets connected. No, connection, yeah. I, yeah. I, the problem I ran into uh, the one time I tried that was, um, 
that I don't know, maybe I was too honest in the sign-up process, but uh, they they make you give your uh, street address. Yeah. And, uh, and you know what? Uh, really? During require your location services. Yeah, I, I couldn't get it to work. See, I did so. last year. Um, I, I mean, I have Spectrum. I don't have to use it. But uh, out of curiosity one time, I said, I wonder if I can. And I turned the, my, I have a VPN that I use, um, and I, I turned it on, and I was able to watch the Blues game just fine. Now, well, they weren't live. They were like right after, um, but you now if you have NHL TV, I think it's forty-eight hours after a game or twenty-four hours, maybe maybe it's forty-eight that you can you can watch local games then. But you know what good does that do? Because you know, you've heard the score by then. Um, but uh, but so I tried to watch it right after the game was over because I think I recorded it on Spectrum, and I think the uh, Spectrum DVR didn't record or it was a power. I don't know what happened, but I logged on national TV and fired that up via VPN. I was able to watch the game like later that night. So uh, it worked for me. I don't know. Uh, I'm not sure what the difference was. Uh, so we got a couple of comments that we should get to here. Uh, new listener. I'm thinking uh, at least new live listener glass can bottle beer reviews says what's up boys. Blues fan Krug baby. So I'm guessing he's a big Krug fan. Uh, He's, uh, then we also have him saying, looks like Jeff could take a man out on a power play. Not sure what that means. He means a date. Uh, That's a sexual post. A date? Take a man oh. out on a, on, a, okay. on a power play? Yeah. Because I'm an attractive <laughs> man. Okay, I'll yeah. take that. Uh, and then uh, let's see. We've got a couple more comments from him. He says... Uh, you can probably find somebody in the Grove, here. I think. Uh, yeah? I, yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, yeah. I could walk out. Of my, I could walk out in my front yard and find somebody. That's how great I am. You know, just just walk, just just hold a hold a sign saying you're a bear, and you'd be fine. There you go. That's what I'll do. Uh, Austin Lynch asking Jeff when you want to run up game two. I'll tell you right now, Austin. We've already uh, played two games, and I beat your ass both times. I'm glad to beat you a third time if you like. Uh, maybe Who's after this. Austin Lynch. Oh yeah, uh, he. Uh, Austin, you got school tomorrow. What am I saying? He's he's been trying to. Uh, we've been trying to uh, organize a time to play some Fortnite too. So hasn't worked out. Oh yet. yeah, you yeah. should do that. That's cool. Yeah. I might join you for that too. I'm I'm not very good at Fortnite, but I'll I'm not either. I I like I like playing with my kids. It's fun. Uh, I'll play with yeah. my kids. So yeah, let's play. Do it. Let's get I'm beat in. up by twelve year olds. Jimmy Anderson says I use Bill Day's cable every day. So there you go. Huh. Uh, talking about, I guess that's talking about uh, stealing people's credit cards. So apparently Jimmy's stealing your internet. So, hey, I, I haven't seen you out in the bushes, Jimmy. Next time, say hi. Uh, you know, the Troy, the Troy police are not cool, not nice people. So uh, I shouldn't say yeah. that. The Troy police can be rather uh, sticklers for the rules. Or whatever, but so yeah, uh, anything uh, you're gonna admit to uh, in Troy, as far as being against the rules, are concerned, um, might want to shy away from that. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't look like you don't belong here, or don't look like you live on Meadow. Those are those are my <laughs> that's my advice to outsiders visiting Troy. I don't know what that means, but I'll take your word for it. Um, we got Michael Leon, a good friend of mine and a friend of the show, guy who's played hockey with all three of us. Uh, my wife is trying to figure out how to perm your hair, Ponzi. I think it's plausible. 
That has been a conversation in the hockey locker room on Sundays. They they want me to perm my hair, and his <sighs> wife uh, is a stylist. So no, do, do people still perm hair? I guess they do. That's, that's, like that's a, kind of the joke. Is that eighties thing, nineties thing? Yeah, I, I yeah my 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 cousin, not Jeff, but his brother he, uh, in high school, he he permed his hair. <laughs> permed his mullet. Permed his mullet. Yeah, it was it was something else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the time it was, I guess it was kind of like, you know, it was something guys were kind of doing a little bit, but, um, looking back on it, it's one of those things where I was like, Oh my God, you see a data picture. It's like, Oh, I wonder if his kids nowadays give him crap for that picture. picture. I, my dad, my dad permed his hair for a good 20 years. Oh, wow. So is that yeah. a, okay? Like that was a, are all perms like curly? Is that the way they work? Or are they just yeah, like, I guess. okay. Yeah. I didn't, I don't, yeah. I don't know. It's, that's that's the point well put put some put some you know an element to your hair that you don't have and and i say it from experience i i did have uh permed hair for about i don't I, know how do you not know this i don't know i don't know i don't i don't i don't pay attention to people's grooming habits that much uh yeah. I, am i like the only person in this podcast had a perm my I haven't, but I, I'm, I'm about to have one. Apparently, well, I guess I right. will be soon. No, huh? I, I, I no, and and mine was totally about hockey hair. Like it, it was, you know, <laughs> okay. I wanted, I wanted. You wanted the out the back of the helmet. More, more, well, it wasn't. It wasn't out of the top. It wasn't out of the back. I, I, I didn't have a mullet. I didn't have okay. long in the back. It was all on top. It was. <laughs> It was crazy. There, I, Jeff I has Jeff, your cousin Jeff has pictures. It's I, I knew you. pictures. Okay. Did I not know you at the time, or I, 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 saw I don't remember that at all. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll have to see if I can find those pictures, and we'll get them posted. <laughs> Good. All right. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, the NHL division naming rights have been sold, which. You know, uh, so the West uh, is going to be the West Division, sponsored by Honda. North Division, sponsored by Scotia Bank, which would be I guess Scotia is shortened for Sco- to Scotia. Central Division is uh, sponsored by Discover, and the Eastern Division is sponsored by Mass Mutual. Uh, thoughts on this, guys? Do you care? Well, the way that I see it is, as fans, this will be the first and last time we discuss this. Hmm. You know, just like the All Star Game, All Star Game presented by Honda. We're going to call it the all-star game. So it's yeah. not, it doesn't, I, to me, it doesn't mean shit. And I think people reacting to this, it's just a way for the NHL to make more money this year because they're not going to have fans in the stands. I'm okay with it. But I, I, it does make me wonder though, if during broadcasts, we're going to hear the announcers say, Hey, let's take mm-hmm. a look at the standings at the West division by, presented by Honda. Like, are yeah. we going to hear them say well, that? Yeah. You know what, though, even absolutely. if they absolutely yeah. you will, I, I I agree. I think you will too. And just like power play is responsible by so and so, Ameren power play. Um, it's you know, do people care that power play is sponsored by Ameren? I mean, do people care their ads? There are four ads on the ice. Do people care their ads on the boards? Uh, do people care there are more ads in the stands now, the ribbon board and stuff, and on the on the jumbotron? I don't know. I mean. I don't really care. Um, I, now, now, granted, I don't. I, I would prefer it not go the way of European hockey, where there's ads on every square inch of the pants, jersey, socks, uh, helmet. 
Uh, I'd rather that not happen because everything it looks such and design wise, it's it's a it's a confusing mess, complicated mess. Uh, well, but what did you what did you think of uh, the Chipotle ads on Team USA jerseys? I'm trying to remember them. I, well, there was just the one. There's just the one, right? The one. Where was it? Right on the shoulder. Like, yeah, I don't, it, no. It, it, the way they the way they put it, it kind of blended in. Yeah, yeah. That you knew it was the Chipotle logo. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, Nike has done the same thing on hockey jerseys. I mean, there's always been a CCM or a Reebok logo or a Coho or something mm-hmm. on on a hockey jersey too. It, what? Uh? But they were the manufacturer of the jersey, though. Yeah, still. I mean, but but uh, with that said, it's still an ad on a jersey. I, I I agree with you, but it's. I mean, yeah, I get it. But I mean, but Nike had had a a, a swoosh on the shoulder patch. I do believe that the Red Wings had uh what was it um amway uh back in the day back in like oh five six seven something like that they had a i don't know if it was on their jersey or on their practice jerseys or somewhere uh or on the logo on the red wings logo in certain situations it was the detroit red wings presented by amway under the logo so that was kind of weird detroit red wings brought to you by betsy devos and family Mm. (laughs) oh But I, I don't brought to you by Nelly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't, I, I don't, I don't care about the one bit about the ads, the, the way they're doing them, the, the way they're doing this right now. And the way that the ads are currently in the league, I don't give two shits uh, about that at all. Yeah. It's not intrusive. It's not, it's not over the top by any means. Uh, if they can do advertising this way, like everyone's seen the graphic with the four divisions and the logos, which look kind of cool, by the way. Um, and the little, the little, you know, same thing as the all-star, uh, the, uh, game was presented by Honda, same kind of thing. It's not over the top, like in your face, like European hockey is it's, it's done fine. I, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Who cares? I, that, that's not a, that's not, that's not something for me to get upset about at all. So no, I agree. It, especially, especially, you know, with revenues being so negatively impacted because of the pandemic and you can't get fans in the buildings, you need to make money somewhere. So do it. You know the the they've had uh, the devils and I I forget who else have put uh, stickers uh, sponsor stickers on their helmets this year. It's fun. It, it's not. It isn't like those. You know the the late nineties, early two thousands Euro jerseys that you know everybody cringes when you know that gets splashed across our our Twitter feeds. Right now, it's good. And, uh, yeah. you know, I, I think I think the worst part to me is the, you know, the the forced corporate jargon of, of having, you know, to contractually say, you know, the West Division brought to you by Honda, you know, whenever it's whenever they're going into the intros of the game that I hate the forced nature of that, but I can live with it. I don't care. And. And they're going to, you know, ultimately this is going to lead to more fodder for jokes and, and memes. And so why not? What about uh, Let's Go Blues Radio sponsored by Manscaped? <laughs> <clears throat> as long as the well, sponsor is cool. <laughs> right. Jeff Jeff did uh, mow your lawn earlier. He did. He did. He did. Lawnmower 3.0. He did. But the home maybe that's right. Oh, I'd rather have a perm. Then uh, have Jeff do that. Uh, I think Jimmy Anderson says things in YouTube chat uh, just to get a reaction. <laughs> Clearly. Yeah. So, and 
I will tell you, Jimmy, I think you were watching me for that reaction and, and you did just get one. So <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Um, so uh, Vince Dunn signed a one year deal, one point eight seven five million. Uh this is a tweet from Cap Friendly, who talks about uh, the Blues and the Cap situation. So Vince Dunn's one million eight hundred seventy-five thousand uh, puts one-year contract puts the Blues three million fifty thousand above the ceiling with a twenty-two player roster. If Hoffman does indeed sign between three point five and four point five million, which reports are that he will, uh, they could waive two players like De La Rose and McEachern. Uh, then sign Hoffman and only have to play Steen on the LTIR to be cap compliant. So um, the uh, and that, that's just Steen. Keep that in mind because yeah. it's probably going to be Steen and Tarasenko. Right. Yeah. Steen. I mean, so and I know they want to maintain flexibility with the cap uh, with, with stuff, and I know that Tarasenko is going to come back, so the, they will need that cap space eventually. Um, which you know and and. and Creating a million or two in cap space if they have to is not a huge deal. You know, they can always waive a player um, or whatnot or send the guy down or whatever. So uh, to clear some space. But uh, the 1.875 mil is, um, that's a great deal for Dunn uh, for one year, granted. But uh, I think that's a fantastic deal for a guy who advanced stats wise uh, is (laughs) the advanced stats guys will say he's the best defenseman we have. The the well no but the, that's true. The way no. you work that, it's not a great deal for Dunn. It's a great deal for the Blues. Right. Uh, if that's what I meant, I'm sorry. I, that's why I implied. I'm sorry. That's not what I meant. Great deal for Blues and, and Blues fans. People know that that's not right. what Kurt Price believes. Right. Thank you. Um. But yeah, I uh, I, I'm not. Uh, I don't see a. I, th- I expected the Blues to sign him for a little more. Um, I'm happy that they got him for what they did. Um, I think uh, uh, this is a and, and advanced stats do say that Vince Dunn is the best defenseman we have. Um, which you know I, I, I've always been a I like advanced stats, but uh, I hate those that just exclusively only deal with advanced stats because. That's that's not how things work. So, um, do you think Vince Dunn is our best defenseman right now? No, no. <laughs> See, that's what I mean. <laughs> I I am actually on the side of of there's a there's a small faction of Blues fans who kind of and, and this was before the Petrangelo left and I'd like to see how it works now, but. To me, I think Vince Dunn could be your odd man out. I don't think you need a Vince oh. Dunn. I think God, with the with the names coming up, and especially Scott Brunovich is a guy that that everyone's talking about across the hockey world. Right. I don't know if you. And, and again, I'm not. I'm not saying trade Vince Dunn right now. Definitely not saying that. I'd like to see how he does this here, and maybe you look into next year possibly doing that. But I, I don't think he's top three defenseman for the blues. I want a defenseman who I can trust in my own zone. And I'm not saying I don't trust Vince Dunn, but I just think there are better defensive defensemen than Vince Dunn out there. And, um, but having said that, I love this deal. I, I think Vince Dunn's a hell of a hockey player, not taking anything away from him. I think he's a great offensive player. He's got great instincts. 
uh, knows when to jump up in the play, doesn't really get caught that often like he did his rookie year. I think under Baruby, he has played even better. So I'm a big fan of this deal. Um, again, I, I, I'm not saying trade the guy. That's not at all what I'm saying. I'm just saying I think he's a guy that could be ex- expendable in the future. I don't think he's the guy that a lot of people think he is, but I do think he's a solid player, and he's a big part of the Blues winning the Cup two years ago, and we could see him be another big part of uh, c- coming up. I think I think with Gunnarsson and Bartuzzo on this roster, I I easily put Don ahead of those guys, and I yeah. I don't I, I would never call him the odd man out at all um, unless he has a bad run of games or something, and then he gets he gets benched. But uh, especially with Gunnarsson's contract is up after the season, and Bertuzzo has two years left. Uh, Gunnarsson makes one uh, one and three quarter million, and Bertuzzo makes one point three seven five. Uh, I would I would see those guys traded, waived, whatever uh, before uh, done uh, gets moved. Or... Bad wording by me. I meant in the future with the guys coming up. I could see him being okay. a guy that gets moved. I would hope. I would hope that. Uh, well, obviously, next year Dunn's going to sign for more if he, if we do retain him. But uh, I would I would rather see uh, you know other guys come up you know Mikola Perunovic whoever and then uh, move on from Gunnarsson and Bertuzzo if if that's you know still in the mix at the time uh, then to see Dunn maybe fall by the way eventually uh, because of guys coming up I think yeah a lot can happen in a, in a year or two or three uh, obviously but um, right now with the roster the way it looks I would hope I mean. I, I think it's pretty obvious that I would just rather move on from Gunnarsson or Bertuzzo as opposed to moving on from Dunn, unless you, unless you value, you know, a, a bigger, tougher defenseman, stay-at-home guy, more than Dunn. I want to, I want to, I want to get to Bill here, but um, I just want to add a real quick uh, couple comments here in the Facebook chat. Um, I'm sorry, YouTube chat. Uh, Divide by Zero, who was on last week, says, and and this is my comment of the show. I'm going to go ahead and call it now. And it's actually an intelligent comment. It's not just a what? silly, stupid comment. I know. So it's not by crazy? Jimmy Anderson then? No. This is, this is not from Jimmy Anderson. Uh, okay. All right. No. Uh, I think the problem with saying someone is the best defenseman, that not all are the same, and they each play vastly different roles. 100%. It's a matter of a top six unit that plays well together and that you can rely on for different things. I'm a hundred percent with you. And that's why I love the blues defense going into the season. Uh, and then the game 67, 68 says it's a prove it deal for Dunn. Brad Warthog, a steal for Dunn. Uh, so yeah, a lot of people seem to be on board with this and, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun to, 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 you know, see how this defense is going to shape out this season. But of course, like I said, I want, I want to get to Bill. Well, you haven't said anything about Dunn. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I definitely agree. He's, you gotta have him out there ahead of board too. So, uh, in Gunnarsson, um, but I like having that kind of depth, although, you know, at some point you do have to let the, uh, the, the Perunovic, the Mikolas, you know, uh, those guys have a shot and maybe with the, uh, the taxi squad situation this year, they'll, they'll get some more looks. Um, there's a, there's but, a with Falk too. I mean, Falk, uh, I mean, there's the chance, however small that may be with him and uh, Seattle, if they decide to right. expose him, if they can bribe them to take him too. So he's, right. he may or may right. not be in the future too. Right. And, you know, I'm sure we'll cover that a lot more uh, depending on Falk's, 
performance this year, but uh, yeah. um, you know that that is a possibility. But you you'd have to think that you're going to have to throw somebody else into that. Uh, you know, throw a trade their way, uh, give them somebody else to to entice yeah. them to do that. Um, but you know, getting back to Vince Dunn, um, you know, when he is on his game, he is a you know a, a possession driving machine. Um, probably our best possession driver from the back end. Um, but, you know, I, I, I'm hoping that his really what I thought, I thought it was, it was awful um, in the bubble. Uh, I, I thought he was one of the least impactful guys. Um, but uh, rumor was that he was one of the guys that had COVID um, before going into the bubble. I'm hoping that's what it was uh, because, you know, I, the, the Blues are a much better team when he is playing his aggressive, uh, aggressive puck pushing type game, moving the puck up the ice. I agree. I, and I, I like Dunn a lot. I, I think um, uh, I, I, and there's a comment in the YouTube chat that says uh, Dunn has arbitration rights next year. That's from the game six, seven, six, eight. Um, and uh, Brian Roberts in the YouTube chat says, in my opinion, Dunn and Schwartz aren't blues next year. Mm. So that'll be interesting. Uh, a guy, interesting. A, a guy that uh, some folks uh, in Schwartz thought that uh, deserved maybe some votes for captain. Might not be. Yeah, Bill's one of them. I uh, thought that, you know, so there's there's a uh, Brian Roberts feels that he may not be a blue next year. So I don't know about that. Well, I mean, the I mean, market drives everything and the there's a flat cap next year. So I don't know. Well, I mean, we got Hoffman for what is going to be probably a steal. So mm-hmm. we'll see what yeah, the, I mean, done, done, done. I mean, done may not get much. I mean, the contracts are going to be down people signing money i mean you got to be elite to get some some high dollars uh over the next year or two because of the of the cap and everything so i it'll be interesting to see where the blues stand at that time who a lot can happen in a year uh, as far as the blues roster goes guys get hurt guys get traded guys get waived um whatever so you sound like taylor hall's agent i'm sure because uh he probably (laughs) told him hey contracts will be down be elite this year go play with an elite center Oh, Jack Eichel needs somebody on his wing. <laughs> yeah, but it's Buffalo, though. <laughs> it's Jack Eichel. <sighs> yeah. You're not going to win a cup this year, but you might win a big contract. It's interesting, the guys that go to Buffalo um, and uh, talk about winning. <laughs> it's it's like, you know what? You've got to create that atmosphere of winning. Yeah, it would be, it would be kind of cool to go to Buffalo and be a part of a turnaround. Because those fans there, I mean, personally, um, I would, and it's probably like a lot of players felt uh, winning the cup here in St. Louis. They're the first one here, right? So it'd be the first one in Buffalo. And if somebody could turn that team around or be a part of that organization and turn it around and uh, and win a cup with the Sabres, I'm sure it'd be badass. You know, that town would go bananas for a Stanley Cup. I mean, that the fans are second to none as far as passionate, uh, you know, viewer. I mean, they're... they're they're always up on the near the top of TV ratings for for uh, games that don't even involve the Sabers. So, well, um, I mean, I hate I hate people comparing Blues fans to Cardinals fans because it is slightly a a different in a way comparison. But I will say, look at the way Bills fans are reacting this year. Finally making the playoffs. I mean, they just won the Super Bowl to them. 
and anything else is cake. So it's just, that's how it's going to be in Buffalo. And that's why from here on out, not that the blues have won their cup. I think that's my team I'm going to root for in the East. Cause that yeah. would be nice to see. I'm not sure why I've always kind of had a soft spot for Buffalo, even though they're a deal. Um, and the fans have been kind of surly since then. It's kind of turned me off to them a little bit, but it's more so the fans, not the team. Um, I don't know. I've always been a fan. I maybe because maybe because when I was a kid, you know, Great Skate Magazine, they're based out of Buffalo, and I was like, you know, was I don't know why I associated that. I love that getting that magazine and looking through the stuff I was never going to buy, right? So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was uh, for me. It was Gunzos. Gunzos okay. out of Chicago. That was that was my capital. Yeah. Uh, I remember I, I went to Chicago just to buy a stick from Gunzos. Yeah, because I yeah I, yeah. I love catalogs yeah it, it, i man that was that was like my bible um and like kurt said things i was never gonna buy but... <laughs> just like just just an afternoon just sitting and just paging through reading descriptions yep. of gloves <laughs> sticks <laughs> helmets I, oh if if we had the internet when i was in seventh or eighth oh. grade i would i don't think i would have gone to high school because i would have just been <laughs> Like trying to figure out ways to buy all the goalie gear that I would find find online. That's but, a good uh, point. That's yeah. a good point because if I had the internet when I was, you know, it was in like the late eighties, mid to late eighties, early nineties, when I couldn't get enough uh, hockey information, I was like buying every newspaper I could. When I was like at lunch at college, you know, or or, or, in, or in high school, I go to the library and I would just just they have like ten newspapers from you know times the post dispatch and all this around the country and i would just go and, and just read the box scores from the hockey games and the different stories from the hockey teams around the country um love doing that stuff and i yeah like I, that i agree i would i would be glued to the screen my eyeballs would be dried out uh we are one week away from opening night uh doesn't feel like it to me uh for some reason uh Blues are in camp. Uh, had full participation each day so far. Um, I'm sure in a few days, when we're a few days away, it'll sink in more that we're about to have uh, the season opener. But um, so the, the uh, Rutherford, Jamie Rutherford, friend of the show, Jamie Rutherford, uh, on a couple, couple days ago, uh, pulled the uh, regular lines from each of the two practices to see what they would look like. Um, so we got. They, they're doing Shan O'Reilly and Perron and Schwartz, Thomas, and Hoffman, Sanford, Bozak, and Cairo, and then Clifford, Sunquist, and Barbashev. So I like that. I mean, that's without Tarasenko, too. Yeah, I love it. And mm-hmm. I was going to say, because uh, if you look back at the 2019, uh, 2018-2019 season, uh, going into the playoffs and, and for most of the first round, that top line was Shin O'Reilly and Tarasenko and they were sick together. I mean, they were so good together and you know, they broke it up eventually because Schwartz is great with all three of those players as well. So it was just, let's mix Schwartz in there, but having Perron on that right side uh, with Shen O'Reilly, I think that is excellent. I know Shen likes playing center, but those three as the top line, I mean, that to me, that rivals any top line in hockey. I mean, it, they're not, they don't have maybe the star power of the Ovechkin line or the Crosby line or the McDavid line, but those three guys, they can do everything on the ice together. 
Um, we've seen some great chemistry between O'Reilly and Perron over the years. And Shen is just a guy who who leads the team, obviously O'Reilly too, but leads the team offensively with, with just great plays, battles in the corner. You know, when you're looking for a big goal, Shen's there to score it. And then, I mean, your second line is Schwartz, Thomas, and Hoffman. Hoffman's a first-line player on almost any team in the NHL. Uh, Thomas is one of the biggest up-and-coming players in the league, and I think he's going to have a breakout year this year. And then Schwartz is a guy who's always been on the top line. So it's just, save for Bozak Kairou, who's your third line. I mean, it's insane looking at this. And this is without Sammy Blay in the lineup, who yeah. has become my favorite players. I, it's crazy. I, I, I mean, And you could swap out Blay for Clifford. And that that fourth line could be, I mean, a substan- I mean, a hard hit. I mean, Clifford's a hard hitting guy, but I mean, Blay hits, um, and 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 add some scoring to that fourth line. I mean, my God, how, how do you how do you defend uh, against a healthy any say you add Blay and Tarasenko to this roster? How do you defend against this? That, that that's going to be interesting um, to me. I and, and and Thomas and Hoffman, we talked. You mentioned Jeff. Um, I think. That is going to be the what I'm going to be watching most this year, Thomas and Hoffman, yes. uh, and how that works together. Because I mean, Thomas is a fantastic setup man, um, and like you said, one of the up and coming players, uh, one of the top players under was he's, he's twenty, he's twenty one now, twenty he's he's twenty now, right? I think twenty one. Yeah. So, so I know, I know, but he is God. He's so good, so, such good vision. He's he, I, I mean. I'm gonna. I think he probably has better vision than O'Reilly on the ice. I mean, it's just so good. He's just young. Um, I I love this lineup. And like I said, this is without Blay and Tarasenko. This is this is a Stanley Cup caliber roster if it stays healthy without Blay and Tarasenko on it. Yeah. Well, I mean, is 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 Blay injured or he's just he's fine. Not they pick Samford over him, right? Uh, The one thing I'd say about this, you know, about the the lineup. Apart from, you know, I I eventually think that Say's gonna or Blaze gonna take over Sanford's spot on that I line. I do too. I do too. I'm still not a big believer uh, in Sanford. He's had some great great stretches, but I I don't know. I guess one. I'm I'm just not bought in. Nah. He had one great he, stretch. Fifteen fifteen games was something like that last year, was it? Yeah, but during the during the Stanley Cup final, he he wasn't terrible. No, I mean uh, he, he 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 got. Yeah, I mean he he didn't. Okay, I I think we agree on we agree on Stanford. Some people on some people some fans are pretty high on him. I, I'm I'm not. I, I I hope he plays much better than I expect him to. But I, I'm not I'm not that high on him. Yeah. Um. You know, the, my biggest thing about the the way that Barubi's approached the lineup, um, it, it's you know still so refreshing. He's been here; this is his third year um, after uh, you know the the terrible Yo experiment. Um, but uh, just thinking back to uh, if Hitchcock was still the guy running the show, there's no way that Robert Thomas is getting his chance to be <laughs> second. Probably at not. His age. And you know Tyler Bozak would be forced in there because he's he's older, he's a more experienced guy. Um, 
you know, what you guys said about, you know, really being excited about seeing what uh, uh, Thomas and Hoffman can do together. I mean, reading some of the quotes that Thomas had about being amazed by how quick and accurate Hoffman shot is, man, that they are going to combine. Um, I, I totally see Hoffman putting up 30, 35 goals uh, without In a 56 game season? Yeah. Okay. All right. That's a lot. That's a lot. I like that. I I hope so. And, and I'll tell you what I, you know, I is as much as it was hard to play against Kyle Clifford uh, and, you know, there was no way you could like him when he played for the Kings. He is one of those guys that once he's on your team, you're going to love him. Um, Just, you know, perfect, perfect, fourth line left winger in a Baruby system, in my opinion. And, and yeah, that's, if he gets that's exactly why. in there. That's exactly but, why they got him. Because yeah. he's he's is a Baruby player. And I think again, you're gonna see him fourth line mainly, maybe third line in a pinch, but um yeah, he's a guy that that's gonna step in and, and deliver some hits when they need it. And four check and I mean you said it Bill. In LA, we hated him, right? So let's make every other city well, hate him. Look at look at the okay. I mean, we if you're a believer in adding toughness to a an initial roster, look at our top line: Shen O'Reilly and Perron. Shen's a tough guy. Shen will Shen will fight someone. Uh, he's a tough guy. Uh, he can be. He he's a power forward. Plays kind of tough. Yeah, I like that. But O'Reilly, no. Perron, he's an agitator. He's not a tough guy. Uh, Schwartz, no. Thomas, no. Hoffman, no. Stanford, no. Uh, Bozak, no. Kairou, no. Clifford, yes. Sunquist, no. Barbershev, no. So this roster here, I mean, without Clifford in the lineup, uh, and I, he'll be a guy that, you know, rotates in and out with other people probably. Um, but uh, I think I think if you're gonna, if you if you're a believer in a roster needing some toughness, this roster needs some toughness in it. I mean, because if the forwards don't have it, aside from Shen, if Clifford's out, and so then you're looking to the defense, and you've got Bertuzzo on defense, and Preco, if Preco fought, he would kill somebody, but he doesn't. He's a he's a gentle giant. Um, that's it. A crew, I guess crew, 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 crew can, crew yeah, can sure, yeah. crew can. But I mean, there's not many. That's my, that's my point. There's not there's not a ton of toughness on this roster. So I guess if you're going to be critical about it. Would this team get pushed around a little bit if they're not uh, as physical or as tough? I mean, I don't think so. I think that this team has the right amount of toughness. This isn't 10 years ago. This isn't, you know, we're still not seeing a fight every two games. We're seeing a fight every seven, eight games now. I mean, it's, I think that you're, again, Shen on your top line is a guy that will defend anyone on the rink. And again, you, you mentioned Clifford Bortuzzo in the lineup. But if they're not in there, you got Sammy Blay, another tough guy. Blay, Plus, right. we've seen we've seen other guys step up and be tough when they need to be. Uh, Sanford has done it. Um, mm. well, shit, he fought for two. So, but well, he, he got his ass kicked by Bertuzzo. But I'm not. I'm not. not I'm not talking about fighting. I'm not talking about fighting. I'm talking about. I'm talking playing a heavy game. I'm talking about playing a tough game. You know what I mean? I've been playing a heavy game. I mean, granted only in the offensive zone, but he, he's play a little heavy. I, and I'm not saying they need it. I'm not saying the team needs it. I'm just saying there's going to be a lot. 
if you're big on a team having a certain level of toughness, I can I can see where those people would say, hey, this team is 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 short of that. I'm not saying they need it. I, I can see where other people might say that, and it's a discussion that can be had. Do does this team need that? I mean, I mean, you can look at the. I mean, I guess if you're you're if if a team can't catch you to hit you, or you're too slick or slimy on the ice to to really get played a heavy game against because the blues, when they won the cup, they played a heavy game, you know, they had, um, but, but I, this roster is a little bit different. Um, can they play that same heavy game? I don't know with this roster. Well, I think, I think, we're, I think we're arguing semantics here because I think we both agree <laughs> that, they're, that they're tough. Um, and if anybody knows, <laughs> if anybody knows the reference that I just made, please uh, put it in the chat. And I will say, tell you what, anybody knows that reference, uh, I will send you a T-shirt. Wow. Because that is from one of my favorite media things of all time. Um, but anyway, uh, so yeah, anyway, arguing semantics. Um, anyway, uh, so no, I, I just think that there's the right amount of toughness here. I mean, I think a guy like Barbershop, a guy like Sunquist, I, I, anybody who argues, and I'm not saying you are, Kurt, I'm just saying anybody who does argue that there's not enough toughness in their roster, I say, look at the other 30 teams. I think the Blues have just as much toughness as anybody else in the league. I think if you, I think if you insert Belay in Sanford's place, I think you can, and and it's it's that close to me as far as like whether a team is is satisfies the level of toughness that a lot of people might want. Uh, I think I think uh, if you insert Blay over Sanford, because Blay's a tough player, Blay hits a lot. Um, that's part of the reason why he's hurt so much. But um, I think you've got Clifford, you got Blay, you got Shen uh, on the left side that that can all hit, and they will fight. Um, well, Blade doesn't fight that much, but he's a he's a tough player. He hits a lot. So playing playing a heavy game is more what I'm talking about. So I, I think that satisfies that uh, to some degree. Barber Shovel hit too. So and you got Perron as the agitator. So yeah, you know, I I think there was a feeling that you know in the bubble that you know, the Blues lacked sandpaper, and a lot of people thought that you know the loss of Pat Maroon was more significant that than the Blues would let on um, for or, you know that than the Blues would like to admit, I should say. Um, but definitely, this this roster is going to be heavier and uh, going to have more sandpaper, as uh, as they like <laughs> to say. Uh, it it's going to be. You know, it's going to be definitely more interesting, um, you know, from a physical perspective uh, for the Blues this year. And, uh, you know, given given the, uh, you know, the way this season is going to be set up, you know, basically two games in a city and move on. Um, it's going to make for some interesting second nights of back-to-backs. There, I, I think I, I looked at the schedule and I, I had it up earlier and I, I, I don't have it up now. But I think we play we play one team four times in a row. It's a, it's a Playoff series. It might've been Anaheim. Maybe we're playing four straight games. I think I, I can't recall, but yeah, I was like, it's like two there and two here. I think it is. So I'm going to look at it right now, but, but as I look it up, I'm going to ask the question, how have we been having this conversation yet? We have not brought up the word gumption. <laughs> Little guy with gumption. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's got gumption on this team? Uh, Schwartz, 
Schwartz got gumption. He's got schwizzle. <laughs> He's he is. He does have a schwizzle. Um, Krug. Krug so has gumption. In, Krug has gumption. In April, we have uh, we have three games, April three. 20th to the 4th, uh, with the Avalanche. And then we follow that uh, April 26th through the – hang on. Okay, there it is. Uh, April 26th through Saturday, May 1st, we is have it? four games against Minnesota. Minnesota. That's – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to – take a wild not such a wild stab that's the first time in team uh, history uh, <laughs> we've, first time stab. Eh, first time first, first time in team history we've played four straight games against a team in the regular season it's got to be we've never played three straight have we against one team can't have it's pretty wild that we're going to play against them four times <laughs> <sighs> so that that's like a mini playoff series right there i mean you talk about you talk about there could be some bad blood uh, happening in that series. If stuff carries over, my God, back to backs alone, sometimes in the regular season cause issues in the second half because of things that happened in the first game. Now play four straight. Holy shit. Yeah. It's, wow. it's, it's going to be a crazy dynamic. And yeah. uh, one of the, you know, the, the things that I'm most looking forward to this year is how much rivalry, even though these aren't our natural rivals that we're going to be playing, um, except for maybe Minnesota um, and Colorado, it, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even call, I mean, I, I love looking forward to playing Colorado because they're such a good team and we play, had some amazing games against them last year. But uh, I wouldn't call Colorado a rival, would you guys? I mean, not enough. We I, haven't... Think, I think if last year would have played out the way that it was, I think they would have become a rival. Because mm-hmm. if I'm, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't we end the season with like three games and three out of five against Colorado or something? Yeah, weird? they were they were right on our heels, and uh, yeah, they were right yeah. on our heels, and there's potential that we would have met up with the playoffs. I. I think after this last season, if it would have played out, I think we would have said definitely Possibly. they're a rival. Yeah, and playoffs create rivalries most of the time, so that's that's a good possibility. Uh, yeah. We we talked about uh, Robert Thomas being impressed by Hoffman. The quote that Luke Korak tweeted uh, was uh, Robert Thomas on Mike Hoffman. We all know he's a sniper. We all know he scores goals. I've been really impressed, actually. I didn't realize how good of a shot it really was until I passed it to him on a two-on-one, and he put it right under the bar. So, uh, I mean, yeah. That sounds like a ponder to price scenario there. <laughs> I mean, that's, <laughs> that's a ponder to price. You always like that. No, no, you don't. Not really. Um, yeah, ponder to price uh, under the bar as the goalie slides across, two-pad two, two pad stack. Yeah, pretty goals. Yeah, with, the pretty uh, ones. with Bill Day just looking lost in net. Well, I don't know, Bill. You, you Did you adopt a – you were a – you were a, what style of hockey of goaltending did you did you have? Were you a wah butterfly kind of guy, or were you were you more of a John Casey well, kind of guy? <laughs> I, I think you were more uh, of a cap kind of guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was uh, I was definitely trained as a stand up goaltender because you know that Oof. that's Oof. that that's what it was. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's why I loved Patrick Waugh so much. That's like he, that's like graduating college uh, right before computers got big. 
pretty much. <laughs> it really is. Uh, I mean, Patrick Waugh was was such a hero to me because he brought in you know he so much innovation in the style of play, and you know that you know obviously I was never going to be good enough to go anywhere playing goal, but you know in my later years, absolutely I was I was more of a, a butterfly type goaltender. But at the end of the day, and I think the the you know as technical as the goaltending game has gotten today, um, if you can get any piece of your body on it to keep it out of the net, you do it. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's the style that works for you. Right. Yeah. right, that's that's always going to be the right approach. To <laughs> but it's the Hashik the approach. Right. The people that are more technically sound, um, you know, the, the way kids are being trained today and, you know, way the, the professionals train today, um, they put themselves into the best position to be able to get something on every, every puck. Um, and, uh, yeah, it, it's, it, the game has evolved so much. I, I fear if I ever try to, uh, put on the pads again and, and go out there that, uh, it will be readily apparent how much of a dinosaur I am. <laughs> no, no, I am not. I'm not kidding. Like, and, and obviously I'm not asking you to put on goalie pads. I mentioned getting the quick Jersey. I seriously think we should hit the street one day after I get my Jersey and reenact that goal. I think that'd be a lot of fun. <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'll, I'll be, I'll play uh, the role of, uh, of, uh, uh, Oh, who was it? That was the, uh, who watched the puck go in? Um, was it Dowdy? Dowdy. He was on. He was on the ice, and he 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 wasn't. He was out of reach of the puck, and he just kind of watched it happen. <laughs> I thought you were going to say because uh, Shattenkirk was sitting in the box. Ah, I, that, so that, that is on the sideline watching. That is not unfamiliar territory for me. So, <laughs> in the box. Although during one of the uh, during one of the heydays of our uh, of our roller hockey career, Bill, uh, Chris Schmieder was in the penalty box for the whole thing. <laughs> the comeback and the win, yeah, that was funny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Kairu is getting a look in camp uh, on the third line, uh, playing on the second line on all the split squad stuff, but that would probably put him on the third line, uh, as JR pointed out earlier. Um, he said Kairou is flying around today and has finished a couple of nice chances. Uh, with him skating on the third line on the first day of camp, the Blues appear to be giving him a chance to win the spot. So far, so good for him. By the way, he's 25 now in camp, number 25. Um, and also, and they, he's, a, he's a big Mark McGuire fan, so that's why. Is that true? <laughs> no. I, I thought it was Fan. Oh. So yep. <laughs> uh, the scrimmage tonight actually had uh, 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 Kairou on the uh, third line of the of the blue, uh, uh, second line of the blue team with Sanford, Bozak, and Kairou and uh, Shen, O'Reilly, and Perron. And uh, did you guys see who won the scrimmage tonight? It was three to two blue team, I think, last time I checked. Blue team. Yeah, they won, I believe. All right. So the Blues, the Blues power play lines look like this so far in camp. The first line power play is Shen, O'Reilly, Perron, so essentially the, the uh, first line, and then Hoffman and Krug on defense. Well, I guess Hoffman, whatever. So it's Shen, O'Reilly, Perron, Hoffman and Krug. Krug up high, probably Hoffman on the, the near boards for uh, his, what, 
his one timer that he likes to take. So, which speaking of which, uh, Hoffman might be the best guy, him and Perron, to let go one timers from the boards on the power play on the pass from the. How how long ago was it that we were bitching that this team did not have, seem to understand one timers? And Tarasenko can't take them. Yeah, and now you got guys like oh, uh, I'm sorry, Perron and, and Hoffman who are known for taking great one-timers yeah. and putting it on that. Yep. That deadly. Uh, so, I mean, and Perron was a, was lethal in the power play last year. So, and Hoffman is a lethal power play guy too. Our power play should be famous last words should be killer this year with crew at a crew. Too. We, we, did lose, we did lose Mark Savard. I don't know if we ever covered that. We did. Uh, we did. We lost our power play specialist. Did they ever replace him, or is that just going to be an internal? Yeah, thing? no, they've got somebody else. Who is that now? Who's doing it? Um, shoot, was it uh... Vladimir Chebaturkin? I believe. <laughs> uh, that's your answer for everything. <laughs> Chubby <laughs> Turkey. Chubby well, Turkey is your answer for everything. Um, I forgot who it, they said. It's not Montgomery. I th- yeah, I think it is Montgomery. Yeah, it, it should be answer. Montgomery. Yeah, yeah, Makes I think sense. you're right. It is Montgomery. Yeah. And it's interesting, interesting because as soon as Montgomery left the Stars, their power play pew, tailed. Yep, which is weird. Same players, right? But so that's an, and the second line power play is uh, Schwartz, Bozak, Thomas, Dunn, and Pareko. So Dunn and Pareko out there for the second power play. That's interesting because I uh, I like that a lot. Yeah, and let's give some credit to the game sixty seven sixty eight. You guys are on a bit of a what about a twenty second delay or so. He does say Jim Montgomery. Uh, so obviously he was answering yep. our questions. Yes. Thank you. The game, you're correct. Boom. Um, you. But yeah, I, I that um, that I mean, it's unbelievable. That that power play to me just it makes me salivate. Honestly, like I I was reading the tweets about that power play lineup, and and listen, I'll say I'm still a purist. I still like having two defensemen on the point, uh, just just to if alleviate you can. issues of having, uh, you know, odd man rushes and you're stuck with a forward back. Um, and I think the Blues have the capability to put two defensemen on your first power play unit. But I am I am all for them just trying everything out they can, trying Hoffman on the point, doing whatever they can. I, Perron's been on the point before in the past. O'Reilly, Shen, they could all play the point, honestly. But I eventually, and, and we've been saying this for years, I eventually would love to see Pareko jump on that top unit and just literally every time, hey, Colton, Tee off. puck goes on your stick, I don't care who's in front of you, fucking shoot the puck. Just That's what McKinnis yeah. did. People would get in front of him, and he would just wind up every time and just say, you know what, I don't care, I'm going to shoot the puck. And guys learn, I'm not going to get in front of him. I'm just going to try and clear the pass so the goalie can see it. And that's what I think Pareko needs to do. I would love to see Pareko on that line. But who are you going to take off that top line to put him on there? Perron. I mean, that's that's ridiculous yeah, power play. I mean, Krug. I don't know, guy. I I, I a name pops on my head. I, oh yeah, but no, you don't want to. Maybe maybe Shen. Maybe I don't Shen. I don't, I don't maybe, know. Maybe even O'Reilly. You move one of those centers down, but, and you put one of those centers between Schwartz well, and Thomas on well, the second line. I mean, that's good too. When Tarasenko comes back, then who do you who do you move around? I mean. I'll I'll say that I think that you know the one of the problems with the Blues power play in previous years was that they forced their number one defenseman to quarterback power play when he wasn't good at it, 
you know, and, and the, that was big problem I had with Petrangelo. Um, and I don't know if you guys saw it, um, the Corax tweet, um, out of the, uh, the first scrimmage, um, said that Pareko, uh, lined up on the top power play unit and first pass he got, he one-timed it and went bar down from the point. Yep and just enticing everybody to want that, you know, to what Jeff was saying, you know, the, the McInnes just don't care who's in front of him. Just let it go. And whether he's first or second power play unit, as long as he's out there and shooting the puck and not just trying to be a setup guy, like Petrangelo always did bring it. I think switching to goaltenders. I think, that uh, Hoffer has a shot at the backup spot this year. Based on what Pang is saying. Is based that on a what, hot take? Based on what, well, Pang said he's looked great. Um, and I watched, I saw some highlights from the scrimmage tonight. And this, these are extremely small sample sizes, okay? Um, but uh, so what Pang said, he's looked great. And then uh, Huso uh, had a horrible giveaway. He kind of stopped the puck behind the net and passed it out the other side right to, who was it? Um, was it Thomas? <laughs> and he opened that just right in the, I mean, just a terrible play. Um, so, you know, in a shortened camp, those kinds of things are magnified. So, um, I don't know. I mean, based on what's being said and the, the one highlight I saw, um, who saw made a huge gaffe, but you know, I'm not saying he's going to make the team. I'm just saying that um, I'm, this seems to be implied that he's, he's given who saw run for his money. They're, they're high on Hofer. I mean, I could see that being a, a real battle. Um, you know, last week I mentioned John Gillies, his last name, but I think it's just because he's the veteran and he's the guy you expect to step in as the number three, but I mean, Hofer is a guy that we've seen him in the World Juniors. We've seen him do great stuff. I mean, he was ridiculous at the end of last season before uh, COVID struck and, and ended the the uh, CHL season. Um, I would love to see him get a shot. And I think, and not that he gets Billy Husso, I think Billy Husso has a chance to be a good NHL goalie too. But to see a guy like Joel Hofer step in and steal that spot, I'd love to see that competition. Uh, so let's see. Um, Perron had off-season surgery. A couple more things before we go, um, which I didn't know about until uh, it was just reported that he had it. But uh, uh, Rutherford reported that uh, Perron indicated a few times this off-season that he had a minor cleanup work done. But today he acknowledged it was uh, this was a couple days ago. It was a sports hernia surgery. So, but he looks good in camp. Said to be 100. Uh, percent Hopefully, things stay 100 percent for him. So the okay, and the West Coast start times were announced. Uh, actually, the entire schedule start times were announced. Um, and I think this will appease a lot of people who were complaining about uh, the possibility of a lot of late starts. So the NHL made good on their promise of earlier start times for West Coast games for Midwest teams. The start times were announced for all games after the ninth and after the nine thirty Central start time for the season opener, which is the last game of a triple header on NBCSN on opening night. The Blues only have four weekday games at nine or nine thirty. They have they have a few more on the weekends, uh, but that's the weekend. Nine thirty start on the weekend shouldn't be as big a deal for most people. Um, but uh, so only four games during the week uh, at nine or nine thirty. That's March fifth, seventh, fifteenth, and seventeenth, and April fifteenth. 
So there, 52 of the 56 games start at 8 p.m. or earlier. So I think that's 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 pretty good considering we're in the West Coast uh, division, right? Would you say? Brought to you by Honda. Brought to you by Honda, <laughs> right? <laughs> Brought to you by Carl's Jr. I've I haven't <laughs> yeah, nice well done idiocracy. Uh, I I haven't heard anybody complain at all except for one person who wasn't aware that the games were earlier. They thought every game was going to be at nine thirty. You know, I'm one of those Facebook fans. So, no, I mean, like I said, I, I, I said this on Twitter the minute that schedule came out and I said it last week, you know, I said they were tone deaf with that first game, which I still believe, honestly, yeah, I agree. Um, releasing just the first game and telling fans we're going to accommodate you, but your first game is going to be at nine 30. Yeah. I later, mean, I, later than we've ever played in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. I, I still say that as tone deaf, but Having said that, I will commend the NHL on, I mean, it's insane how uh, the schedule turned out. It's not at all what I expected. I, I'll admit, I, I actually did believe them when they said they were going to con- accommodate Central Division fan, typical Central Division fans, St. Louis fans particularly. Um, but I didn't think they were going to do it to the extent they did. I mean, like you said, four weekday games at that's nine or nine thirty. That's that's crazy in a fifty-six game season where you're playing primarily on the West Coast. Uh, that's unbelievable. So, kudos NHL. I, I uh, you know, I I kind of judged you wrong, but again, like I've said a million times, and Kurt said it too. It doesn't affect two of the three people on this show because we would have watched him anyway. But I know Bill, who I, I would love to get your opinion on. I know you're excited that uh, they've they've decided to start the games earlier. I probably would have stayed up even if they were later uh, during the weekdays um, just because I've gotten to a point where, you know, I need hockey back in my life desperately. Um, (laughs) Last night, you know, one point I didn't get to make when we were talking about the, uh, uh, the world juniors game last night is just how great it felt to sit in my basement with a hockey game on the TV and a beer in my hand. I, I need that a lot more than I've had. Um, it's been such a strange year with uh, no hockey until mid-January. Um, I, I'm hoping that'll bring some normalcy back to my life. Um, so I, I think this year I would have watched more, but I'm definitely happy um, that, you know, I'm not going to, you know, as long as we don't plan any post-game shows, uh, because, you know, those will go until one in the morning. Um but here it is I'm in eleven twenty on a school night and we're we're talking hockey and I'm having a blast. Are you uh are you you still working from home, Bill? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Right. Yeah, we are uh you know, next reevaluation for us is supposedly March first, but I mean the common wisdom through corporate America is in until there's a pandemic and unless you're in a customer facing role, there's no point for you to be in an office you know, where, you know, it's spreading. I mean, we get notifications all the time about campus, you know, somebody tested positive that was there. Um, so nobody wants to go back. Right. So and what's the point? I, I'm, and I, I'm, and I, I can confirm that Bill has been at home the past couple months because <laughs> I, I've been watching. I, I, I must say, I can say I'm grateful too that uh, uh, my workplace allows for, 
extended work from home because it's been uh, helpful with not just and just because of the pandemic and and uh, staying safer at home, but uh, also with my kids and uh, uh, their schooling and stuff is like sometimes they're remote school and you know, homeschooling. Sometimes they're half and half. Sometimes one of my kids goes and one's here at home. It's just it's been whatever uh, the the need at the time is, and and so I'm able to be here for that. So that's. That's been nice because if I if I had been if I had to go into work every day, um, it would have been kind of a mess as far as making arrangements or taking time off or begging to work from home stuff like that. So uh, my workplace has been been fantastic about it. So I, I appreciate that greatly. Same here. Uh, Blues minor league affiliate uh, will not play. They've opted out of the season due to COVID nineteen. Uh, the Springfield Thunderbirds, the brand new Blues affiliate, will not play the season, which. I mean, it it had been a few months since the Blues had had some uh, negative news about their uh, minor league affiliates, so we were overdue, right, for this. That's right. This news. Um, Blues AHL players will now play with the Utica Comets, which is the Vancouver Canucks affiliate. Doug Armstrong said, "We trust that our players will be in good hands with the direction and leadership of the Canucks, Comets, and especially Robert Esch, Ryan Johnson, and Trent Cole. Cool, Cole, cool." Uh, both the Blues, call both the Blues and Canucks will have the responsibility for filling out the Comets roster spots. Which guys, I got, I, I I have great news, real quick. I just yes. and, I'm, and I'm not just I'm not being silly. We have an in with the Utica Comets. I thought it was with the Springfield Thunderbirds. We have an in with the Utica Comets. This show, us, yes. we have an in Utica Comets. We do. Who? Curtis Sanford is the goalie coach. Ah. And he's a friend of the show. He is a friend of the show. And he has flat out told me anytime that we want to have him on to talk AHL hockey, uh, he's more than happy to come on. Has anybody else in, in St. Louis had him on to discuss this? This is not that old no, news. I'm, think, I'm thinking not because we should, I think we should, we're, we should do that. We should jump because yeah, actually, I agree. I'd be very interested. Maybe some people wouldn't, but I would be. Actually, I think you guys might be too, as far as how roster decisions are going to be made, because you you got one team that's going to, I mean, I, some players aren't going to be playing or they're going to rotate them in. I mean, how, how, how is the, the game-to-game roster situation going to work? The way that I figure it, and, and again, I, I this is me just kind of guessing and just knowing how the AHL works, is the Comets probably didn't fill out the rest of the roster a whole lot this year, knowing that there's a potential that, they're not going to have a season. So I would imagine that it's probably going to be pretty chalked full of blues and Canucks prospects every game. I would think obviously like the taxi squads. Well, I, I know, I know. I just, I was, I I was just curious to determine how, which Canucks players and which blues players would get roster spots. Because normally it would be you know, all I, Vancouver Canucks property. I think in this situation too. I think, I think normally, you know, we've we've done this whole sharing AHL things. We've seen this before in not in with the an NHL. entire team though, but with an entire team, I think that you're actually going to see the Vancouver Canucks step up and and say, you know what, play these Blues prospects. This is a shitty situation for St. Louis. Um, I don't know. I, I really actually believe that the cooler heads will prevail. I don't know if that's the right term to use here, but I think you're going to see like there's not going to be a lot of 
we got to play Vancouver guys over St. Louis. I really think no, that I... they're going to be very accommodating, and we're going to see. The only position I can see it being an issue is goaltending. I can see them rotating guys in and out, to be honest. I, I, I One game, you know, uh, you have extra guys in the box, whatever, and you, you rotate guys in to get – they're not going to play as many games as they would normally, but I would imagine that they would rotate guys in and out to get everyone some work. Yeah, and, and I think the, the only way that this works um, is, is because of the, the taxi squad because right. you're – going to have extra spots for for guys who otherwise would get pushed off of a, a yeah. you know two-team roster um i i just i still wish you know and, and it, it may be that you know vancouver was the only one vancouver <laughs> there it is <laughs> thank you i I, uh, I left the opening for you glad you took it uh, but th- maybe they were the only organization that was going to be flexible enough, or I don't know, maybe they couldn't find 25 people who'd make a home in Utica for 52 games or whatever they're going to have. Um, so they needed some bodies, but um, you know, at least we're, we're not just going to be like, Oh, we'll just have a team that'll play at Centene and scrimmage every day for six months something stupid like that, or, you know, just try to find individual, you know, spots on different teams. Um, it, it's probably going to be, turn out to be the best of uh, a shit situation. Um, just wish that it wasn't, you know, we, if we need to make a call up, we don't have to go from the East coast to the West coast, but. Well, know. uh, the, we, we complained about how the blues affiliate was in Massachusetts Springfield, the Thunderbirds. Um, Vancouver's affiliate is in New York, which mm. is like almost as far away from each other as you can get. So, I, well, and, and add, in, add in the fact that, that there's the whole Canadian border issue. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah you, would think, up there. you would think that they would have a Canadian based AHL team. I don't know. Yeah, they used to in Winnipeg until yeah. Winnipeg got, you know, professional uh, team. Yeah. Toba Moose, right? That was their team. I have a, yeah. I have a Moose jersey. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, Ryan John, uh, the game six seven six eight says a uh, Ryan Johnson is an ex Blue as well. Uh, true, but he is not yeah, a friend that, of the show. <laughs> that is not that's true. When I had Curtis Sanford on, I did ask him that question. I said, "How weird is it to have an ex teammate as your boss?" Because Ryan Johnson is the GM of the Utica Comets, and uh, that was a. He said, "Yeah, it's a little, little odd. It's a little weird, but you know, it happens, I guess, in hockey." And uh, I believe Ryan Johnson uh, dated Aaron Andrews when uh, he was a member of the Florida Panthers. Really? Huh. Good-looking yeah. fella. Good. He's a good-looking. Good for Ryan Johnson. Good for Aaron Andrews. <laughs> yeah, good for Aaron Andrews. That's, That's right. <laughs> Um, so I have to add real quick, uh, of all the crazy jerseys I have, I do have a Ryan Johnson jersey. I thought you were going to say Utica Comets jersey. I was like, wow, really? I, I do have a, I do have a Wooster Ice Cats jersey. Wooster. Oh, I would love for you guys to guess who I have on the back, but I really don't think you would ever guess it. Uh, you each, you each get one guess. How about that? 
Yablonski. Bill, what'd you say? I said Scott Pellerin. Yablonski. No, both great, both great choices. But it's actually Mr. Johnny Pole. Yeah. Did did Yablonski ever play for Wooster? He played for the Rivermen, no, I thought. He was, he was a Riverman guy. Okay, yeah. Okay. Mr. Golden Gloves Boxer. I saw him, saw him play, uh, gosh, uh, against the uh, Chicago Wolves one time. I was up in Chicago when we took in a Wolves game. They were playing the, um, I think they are playing the Rivermen. Or who was it? Maybe, maybe it wasn't. Eh, I think it was. But I saw Yabonski play and fight. So it's kind of cool. Anyway, good story. <laughs> couple uh, couple comments on Facebook. Scotty Poindexter says, I'm looking forward to the later games due to my work schedule. Yeah, um, me too. And not, not a lot, but, you know, it's, you know, there's a couple 8 o'clock, 8.30s in there, so that's nice. Uh, Adam Gold, friend of the show, replying to my mom saying hi. Um, is there something I should be concerned about there, Adam? <laughs> Say hi to your mom for me. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope my mom's still listening. <laughs> Div by Zero on YouTube chat says, Hey guys, thanks for a great show, but I got to run. East Coast LGB. <laughs> thanks for listening, uh, Div by Zero. I was going to say sir, but it could be a madam. I assume sir. Is that sexist? Probably. Probably. Well, yeah. I mean, let's just. Let's let's be honest here. What ninety percent of our audience is probably male. Yeah, if our analytics are correct, uh, the vast majority of our audience, like eighty five percent plus, is uh, is male. So that was a good guess on my part. But if there's any ladies, ooh, it's a lady. Ooh, it's. A I think lady. that uh, Jimmy Anderson might be Jimmy the only Anderson. lady in the group, right? Jimmy Anderson says, "Hey, Mrs. Ponder." <laughs> I thought uh, I think I thought I saw Jimmy Anderson uh, kind of tucking it in there when during the trivia. So with his hair. <laughs> I was gonna say, what the hell are you talking about, boy? <laughs> I was going with a yeah. Never mind. Bad joke. So before, I mean, obviously we're closing up here, folks. It's been a fun show. I appreciate everybody participating. As the season goes along, remember that uh, we are back every week. Uh, I would say during the season. 99% of our shows are live, but in the off chance that that doesn't happen, remember there's always a show every week. Um, but I just want to ask you guys going into this, and obviously next week we'll have another show. I don't know. We haven't discussed if it's going to be before or after the first game of the season, but uh, what do you guys think of this lineup? You pretty excited? Talking to me or the audience? Talking to, to both of you. Uh, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I am. I, 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 I touched on uh, a little bit of that when I was uh, talking about the lineup. I thought that, that our roster right now without Tarasenko is a, is a cup contending roster. So, um, and I, I think it's even better when you plug in Blay for Sanford um, and when Tarasenko comes back. So, assuming he can play, you know, at close to the level he was, um, a lot of people don't think he will, but he says he's out to prove people wrong. So, we'll see. Hopefully he can get close to the. I mean, I don't. I don't expect forty goals out of him in a in a in a regular season. But you know, if he can put up twenty five goals, um, I think that'd be solid for him for for contribution wise with his shoulder. I like this roster. I'm excited about it. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, it, this uh, 
after the the letdown in the bubble um i think they they did made some really good moves um you know of, of course you're you never you never want to lose your captain um especially the guy that brought you you know the the captain that brought you the first cup um but i mean the the way that this this team's made up it it's got it's got all the elements uh, as long as it comes together there's good chemistry uh and good luck um you know we don't get a COVID outbreak or two uh on the team or some shit injuries yeah. uh i think this team's going to be extremely competitive do you guys do you guys think this roster could look any better um after the departure of petrangelo like could they have done anything else to make this roster better than it is right now so no. they don't. Yeah, and I, I, I'm kind of. I, I think that way too. I, I think that that they've done the best job they possibly can. You know, within reason. Of uh, a top left-handed defenseman, mm-hmm. knowing you're probably going to lose your captain, was a, a brilliant move. And again, this this is coming from a panel of guys who have said before before the cup run that Doug Armstrong should be let go. It's done. You're done. You, you're you're I, clearly bringing this team in the right direction. I never said that. Well, get further. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I didn't. He has, completely, he has completely turned this around. And he's made every right move since that season when he made... I mean, even... I mean, we bitched and complained about him not firing Yo sooner. Who's to say if he would have... If they would have won the cup that year? So clearly, every move he's made since then has been the right move to me. So I don't think there's anything else he could have done differently to to make this roster even better. I think, yeah, I think it's a best case scenario uh, as far as after Petrangelo left. You could even argue the team, the roster, I mean, healthy after Tarasenko comes back. You could argue it's it's a better roster. I mean, in a way. Um so I don't know, but that remains to be seen. I mean, it depends how Krug plays. Depends if Falk improves. Uh, depends how much Thomas improves uh, another year in the league. Uh, a lot of some of the younger players that 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 statement probably relies more on uh, some players getting better with another year of, of uh, improvement too. Which uh, Thomas is like leading the pack there. So and Falk too, having a rebound season would be nice. It'd be huge actually. So yeah. Yeah, if you know if Falk is as effective as he was in you know in the bubble when you know he, he stepped up and, and drove a lot of the play, I think this is going to be great. Um, you know, I think he's the one possible asterisk to Jeff's comment about um, all of the moves that Armstrong has made being great. Um, it, it was it it could very well turn out to be a stroke of genius. You know that. You have the depth on the right side of defense that you're okay uh, letting your captain walk, and and then if Falk comes through with a great season, um, you know we'll <clears throat> we'll never say Petrangelo who, um, but it definitely is going to lessen the blow. Um, I don't know. I, uh, I I think that we're like I said before. I think we're in great shape. Um, to, to be very competitive uh, in this year. Um, and I don't think the season's going to be so short that you're going to be making, you know, arguments about, um, you know, well, it's it's an asterisk season because it's not a full season. 
we're, we're still talking 50 plus games yeah that's that's a solid season it's it's better it's a, than some lockout seasons it's a lockout so. season lockout shortened in the past same number so it, it's been done before i think it's fine should make i mean it should make for i mean playoffs should players shouldn't be as as worn down i mean you should see slightly fresher players maybe so there's that we'll see depends Although the schedule is a bit more compact, too, so there's that. Uh, that might wrap it up. I know, Jeff, you mentioned uh, possibly uh, in, in the uh, Tuesday show, uh, but the Wednesday game is at 9.30. We could do a pregame, too. So It's up to you guys. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, talk about it. So either 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 a Tuesday show or a Wednesday pregame, uh, one of those two next week. I think you can slate that in your schedule, folks, that uh, if you're watching live, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, we will have a show, right? I think so. Yeah. 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 Uh, support for Let's Go Blues Radio is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below the waist grooming products. Get 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code LGB. Your balls will thank you. That will wrap up episode 17 of season nine of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Thanks for listening and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. Have a safe and happy new year, everyone, for Jeff Ponder and Bill Damker Price. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Let's go blues. Let's go blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. (laughs) St. Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? only just begun, they're on their way to number one, now there's no more blues for our St.